What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Godly Dating 101 podcast. Today is just your boy Tavares. You know, I know you guys love hearing Safa. I know you guys love hearing her input, you know, her beautiful voice. She's so wise and all that. But unfortunately, you stuck with me, you know? So, you know, we're about to get real up in this piece without Safa correcting me and saying, babe, don't say that, you know? So I'm, I'm just playing. She don't do that. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to the episode. Um, before we get into it, I want to let you guys know if you're not aware already, we created a YouTube channel. Um, so what I'm going to be aiming to do is when Safa and I do these podcast episodes, we'll record them and post them on YouTube as well. And then on top of the podcast episodes, we'll just have stuff regarding dating, spiritual advice regarding growth in general, because our goal is to make disciples. Our goal is to make sure people are growing, not just to see, you know, everyone married because it doesn't matter if you're married. It doesn't matter if we get married and we get out of the will of God. So I'm going to be posting our YouTube link inside the description box. And I would love if you all give it a you know, decide to subscribe and, you know, comment there. Let us know what you want to see more videos on, more podcasts on. Yeah, and then we'll go from there, you know, so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I also want to thank everybody that decided to tune in to to hear us speak at the conference. You know, I kept posting about the Heart of Dating conference and many of you guys decided to um to join in and we appreciate that. We appreciate all the feedback we've been getting. We appreciate the fact that many of you were able to grow and be delivered from different, you know, relationship issues and be delivered from different issues that you're facing. And what we're discussing today is also something that may have been discussed by someone else in there, you know? So we just want to dive further just in case one of you didn't get a chance to be subscribed into that, that conference. I want to make sure that everyone grows. So without further ado, further ado, what is wrong with me? I can't speak right now. Um, let's get into this. You know, today we have a bit of a touchy subject, pun intended. <laughs> you know, I, I I believe that it's an issue when we don't address things in church because when we don't address things, it grows, it gets worse. Sin thrives in secrecy. Sin thrives when we don't mention anything. Sin thrives when we keep silent and pretend it's not an issue. But this has been plaguing the church for far too long. It's plagued my life spiritually. It plagued you know, many people that I know, whether it being a relative, friend, you know, or just people in general, you know, and this is not an issue of, oh, a man issue or a woman issue. This is a lust issue. This is uh, a thing. This is what I believe. It's a lust issue. Um, so I'm not going to go. I'm not going to just simply come on this podcast and say, don't masturbate, because I know many of you are tuning in just to find just for me to prove just for me to show you a verse that says Christians do not masturbate. You're not going to find a verse that says thou shalt not masturbate. You know, so if that's all you were doing and you don't want to hear anything else, then so be it. But I want to show you what the word of God says. I want to put some things in a perspective um, so that we can make an educated decision. Because I know of a lot of Christians that say, you know, they're doing it and they're not going to stop because the word doesn't um, say they shouldn't. But I want to just bring about some questions that I want you to evaluate, some questions that I want you to think about. And you let me know after this podcast, if you believe that it's still okay, or if after this podcast, you're you're willing to stop or however you choose to go about doing it. But let's just dive in. The first question I want to ask is, I want you to ask yourself is, am I doing this out of lust? I want to read from the New Living Translation, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. It's, Paul says, God's will is for you to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor. 
not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in the matter by violating his wife, for the Lord avenges all such sins. As we have solemnly warned you before, God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So let me just break down a couple parts of that, you know, those verses. You know, I know a lot of Christians who said, you know, that they don't do this out of, um, you know, just lust. They're not doing it because of sexual desires. You know, it's just a natural thing that we all do. You know, even the, the WHO, World Health Organization, they're actually recommending that we teach our children, you know, as young as elementary. I think the, the age that they mentioned on the website was five years old about masturbation and, you know, self-pleasing. And I, I honestly believe that's the work of the enemy because we should educate our children on sex. We should educate our children so that way we know if they've been molested, raped, or anything. We don't want to be ignorant of the fact that they're not talking about sex at school or our children cannot be violated. But the fact is they want to push this as though masturbation and these types of things are normal, you know, and just because something is normal by culture standards doesn't mean, sorry about that. Just because something is normal by culture standards doesn't mean that is God's will. Um, so the Bible is telling us here in the section that God's will is for us to be holy. So if, Many people say, I want to know God's will for my life. I want to know God's purpose for my life. You know, I can't tell you, I can't tell you by looking at you, God's will for your life is for you to be a preacher, for you to be a lawyer, for you to be a prophet, for you to be some type of doctor. I can't tell you what God's will for your life is just by looking at you. But what I can tell you just by looking at the scripture is that God's will is for all of us to be holy. And he tells us, because I want you to be holy, you have to stay away from all sexual sin. So a lot of people... We like to lock God in a box. Okay, sexual sin, cool. I'll stay away from it. I'll stay away from fornication, um, but it's okay if I watch pornography. Oh, okay, I'll stay away from adultery, but it's okay if I self-please. You know, the Bible is telling us we should stay away from all forms of sexual immorality, you know, because it can always lead to something else. You know, God's will, it says in verse one that, you know, verse two, that we'll be able to control our vessels in holiness and honor not in a lustful way like the pagans who don't know God. So there's a lot of people who are atheists. There are a lot of people who don't have a relationship with Jesus that they can live whatever life they want. But us who are, we as people of God, we as people who have been redeemed, set free, we should not be living the same way as the world. So if God has saved you, God has redeemed you, you've been washed, you've been born of water and spirit, God has you know, placed his name upon you and you're still living how you did prior to salvation, then that leads me to question, are you serious or not? That leads me to question, is God working on you or not? Or were you faking? Were you just telling people, oh, God is working on me? Oh, did you just say a prayer? Oh, you spoke in tongues, cool, but where's the fruit? You know, and God wants to produce fruit in us and spiritual fruit does not lead to those type of things. So I do believe that motive is a big factor because like I mentioned, uh, a young lady mentioning to me, oh, I didn't, I don't do, I didn't do it out of lust. She did it out of anger. Every time she was upset and she needed to, I guess, release the tension, that means she decided this would make her feel good. This will remove the pain, whatever it was that she was facing at the moment. So that shows me that no matter if you're claiming it wasn't lust or not, um, there's still a root to it. And because there's a root to it that's causing you a, un, un, an unhealed root, that's meaning you're going to other things other than Jesus for your healing. 
which shows that there's a, also a, a deeper underlying problem. Because if you're not allowing God to heal you, you will always be running back to another source, another source that can't satisfy, another source that can't sustain you. So yeah, what happens when you get angry again? What happens when you get whatever whatever the urge is that's pushing you to do it? What happens when the urge comes again? Do you just keep masturbating or are you going to allow God to heal you so you won't have to go back to that sin? You know, so some people claim, you know, they just do it out of boredom. But what are your thoughts during that act or what is leading you to do it? And, you know, I don't want to judge some. I don't want to judge any of you, you know, so please don't take this the wrong way. But I don't believe anyone can honestly say to me that they have no sexual desires while they're committing the act of masturbation. So you're just like, oh, OK, cool. You know, the sky is blue. I'm bored. Masturbate. All right, cool. Let's go on. Keep on going on my day. You cannot tell me there's not something going on in your mind. You can't tell me, oh, I didn't envision anyone. It wasn't the music that I listened to. I literally just woke up, ate breakfast and said, OK, cool. Masturbation time. No one. I don't believe anyone can say that to me with an honest heart. I believe it all starts somewhere. You know, so that leads me to my second question. My second question for you all, am I doing this because of watching pornography or some type of inappropriate movie? I want to read some verses to you from Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 and 30. 27 through 30. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her have committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if thou right eye offend thee, pluck it out. And cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off, and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. So Jesus is speaking to these Jews, you know, he's speaking to these people, and he's telling them, yeah, I know that the law is telling you don't commit adultery. I know that the law warns you against, you know, sleeping with someone that's not your spouse. I know you guys hear all these things and I know your church is preaching it. I know you guys, you, you guys fully get that concept. But he's also saying, yeah, you get that concept. But I want you to know that if you're thinking about it, you're doing it in your heart. If you're if you're desiring it, if every time Shorty walked by, you're just thinking about, man, I wish I could get in them jeans, then you're not a better Christian than a person that did go out and sleep with that woman. Because there's a lot of people that maintain their virginity, but they don't maintain their purity. You know, I want you to stop and think about that. Because a lot of times we judge people. We judge that woman, you know, who went out and she had sex. And yeah, we see that she's pregnant and she's not married. And we want to look down on her. We want to take her out of ministry. We want to look down on her like, well, why would you do that? You know, Christians shouldn't do that. But while we're judging her, many of us are still in fornication. We're, we're judging the person that got pregnant while practicing homosexuality. We're judging the person that we found out we're having sex at there in a choir while you were in while you were in um, your seat, you know, looking all spiritual, singing hill song, singing Jesus culture. But you wanted to sleep around. You were desiring the chance to sleep around with people in the church or in the world. You just didn't have the opportunity. You know, so I don't believe that it's God's will for us to judge a person because they sinned, because God is saying that the sin wasn't just in the action. The sin was in the motive. The sin what was what was leading you to that. So many of you, you may be thinking, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. You know, porn is safe because, you know, I'm not actually sinning with someone. You know, I'm not actually violating someone. But Jesus say <laughs> you're having sex with them in your heart. So inwardly, you're wrong. 
because we can see our outward actions, but God can see our heart. You know, so while Jesus is looking at our heart, he wants to change our actions. He wants to renew our hearts. He wants to renew our minds. You know, so it's not enough to simply not fornicate. It's not enough to simply, oh, no, I'm not going to masturbate anymore. You know, God is saying, yeah, you're not going to masturbate, but are you looking at something that's causing you to desire that? You know, so that's my question for you all regarding that. Are you watching something? You know, because many people think, oh, I can just watch BET After Dark. I could just watch that HBO film. Oh, I could just watch Power. I could just watch Game of Thrones or whatever it is. And don't, don't think I'm judging y'all. These are shows that I know I used to watch too. But the point is you're watching something and it's showing men. You're watching something that's showing women breasts. You see it. You can't escape a woman, a curvy body. You can't say God made women beautiful. You should be attracted to them. But at the same time, if you're looking at something that's causing you to view her in a sexual way, cut it off. Ladies, if you're looking at that man and it's something enticing you and things are getting wet that shouldn't be wet because it's not your spouse. Listen. Y'all know it's just me today, so I'm going to keep it real. Like, you know, <laughs> we adults here, you know, and if there are any children listening, I want to be real with you because your pastors, your parents, your mentors in your churches need to be honest with you. You can fall into more sin by entertaining these little things because they plant seeds into your heart. So while you're thinking, okay, masturbation is no big deal. Yeah, but what caused you to do that? What is it leading you to? My third question is this. Am I doing this to fill a void? that is meant for my spouse. You know, so I want you guys to understand that a lot of times I guess we I, I don't I don't know how I don't know how some people read the scriptures. You know what I mean? You know, it seems like people okay, if I don't see the verse then that mean God is not against it or I don't see the verse that mean God is for it, whatever. You know, people try to twist things, but I believe that you know, God has a special design for sex. I believe that sex was a gift. You know, so when we decide we're going to masturbate, that means we're deciding to fill a void with something else other than our spouse. Hebrews 13 and 4, reading from the ESV, says this. Let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. So I want you to see that sex is a gift. You know, it's a gift for masturbation. So I believe that. Y'all, please forgive me. Sex is a gift for marriage. But I believe that masturbation becomes, you know, a way of, you know, us entertaining ourselves that doesn't go with God's design. And I say that because God has no problem with sex. God created it. Sex is a blessing. Sex feels amazing. God wants you to enjoy, you know, sex. That's God could have just made sex for reproduction. No pleasure, nothing. No stimulation, no orgasm, no nothing. God could have did that. But we understand that he did it because he's showing us true intimacy. True intimacy between a husband and a wife in its deepest purest form is the is the way that God wants to connect with us on a spiritual basis. God wants us to be united with him, to be united with his presence. So when we when we start deciding, oh, I'll just masturbate because I, I'm not married. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't have sex. You know, what we're not understanding is we're violating a principle and we're it's causing a separation that you don't even notice. You know, so sex is a gift, man. I want you guys to understand that. So if you're single, um, if you're single, you should be using this time to fill your heart, you know, fill your mind with more of the presence of God, more of the things of God. You know, and I'm not saying I'm not saying the more you fast, the more you pray, the more you study the word of God means you won't be tempted. No, you can love God with all your heart and still get horny at times. You know, 
you know, none of you guys are in front of me, so none, I can't see none of the shot dies. But I want you to fully understand that you can love God and still have human nature. You know, because the problem is not being horny. The problem is what are you feeding your spirit? Because all of us have a sexual desire. And, you know, many of you may not want to think about it, but Jesus was a man, which means he had a sexual nature. But the reason why Jesus was without sin is because he wasn't feeding himself the things that would lead him into sin. So we can overcome sin if we stop feeding it to ourselves. You know, so that's something I want you guys to take into consideration, you know, um, and if we think that we're just releasing you know, our natural attention and it's no big deal, then we're really fooling ourselves to to what the devil is doing with this form of deception, you know, because the enemy's goal is to get us to have sex outside of marriage, you know, outside of the marriage covenant. So if you're single, he wants you to have sex. He, fellas, he wants you to go sleep with everything moving. Ladies, he wants you to let your guard down with that boy you so love and let that boy you want to keep, you know, you think because you think if you have sex with him, you're going to keep him, but sex doesn't keep a man. The only thing that keeps a man is a man that wants to be kept. Um, but you would think that the devil would allow you to do all of these things and, oh, okay, they love me, so we're going to have sex. And then he'll let them break your heart. Because my goal is simply to rob you of the presence of God. His goal is simply to rob you of true commitment, true, true love. You know, the goal is just to get you out of God's will. You know, so he wants the singles to have sex. And he wants the married folks to stop having sex. <laughs> I hear a lot of married folks saying they don't have sex because oh, of the kids. Uh, to me, that's nonsense because I got a child. And when we have more, sex is not stopping. You know, it's the, it's the it's, it's a it's a form of I won't call it worship, but it's a form of bringing unity in your marriage. God wants you united in all aspects. You know, so the devil wants to try to unite you in a way that's meant for marriage. And when you're married, he wants to divide you by allowing you to say, oh, I'll just masturbate because we can't have sex. Oh, we're too busy. So he gives you time to masturbate, but not to connect with your spouse. I'm just saying, if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. So if he can get us to simply stop waiting on God's timing, he will. The enemy wants you to say, you know what? Masturbation is not a problem. He wants you to say, it's okay if I do this. You know, God is not going to have a problem with that. But please understand that God definitely does not condone sin. Yes, he's merciful. But at the same time, he's not allowing us to simply do whatever we want just because he's a merciful God. So we'll take a quick break in this episode <laughs> just to give a word from our sponsor. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, Tavares here. I know you're enjoying this episode, but I want to give a quick shout out to the sponsor of today's episode. BetterHelp is a resource that I'd love to tell you all about because I believe many Christians don't prioritize their mental health. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be able to connect in a safe and private online environment. So don't think you have to drive anywhere. Your counselor can be contacted at any time. Also, you can set up phone or video calls as you may desire, because I know sometimes you just want a face-to-face -face interaction. So if you're facing depression, stress, anxiety, anger, or any form of trauma, please understand BetterHelp is there for you. They'll be willing to reach out to you and speak with you as you may need assistance. 
In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. If you're feeling burdened down, I want you to want you all to enjoy a more happier life. As one of our listeners, you also get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash godly. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash godly. Now back to today's episode. A fourth point I want to put in is a fourth question I want you to ask yourself is, are you feeling guilty during or after committing masturbation? And I say that because James 4.17 says this, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So James is telling us that there's some people that they know the right thing to do. And if they don't do it, to them it is a sin. So there's some things that I may I may know that God wants me to do, and you may not know God wants you to do it, but because I knew better and I didn't do better, God will hold that against me as a sin. That's something I need to repent of. That's something I need to ask God for his forgiveness of and ask God to help me to do better the next time. So there's some people that may claim, oh, I don't feel guilty at all. You know, I could do whatever I want. You know, I'm free. God has given me liberty to, to commit sin, whatever. You, you, you know how deep some saints get, you know, but my thing is, it's telling us that we, if when you know better, you do better. So if you're convicted by this and you're continuing, then that's showing that you're you're willfully disobeying the word of God. But if you're not convicted by it, then I can't put a bondage on you. I can't tell you, oh, it's sin because Tavara said it's sin. I'm only showing you what the scriptures say. Um, a fifth question I want you to ask yourself is, is this benefiting you spiritually? So, okay, you masturbated. Did that get you closer to God? You know, did you feel the presence of God because you masturbated? Um, Is this becoming an addiction in your life? Are you benefiting from this in any form spiritually? Because, yeah, I know you release the sexual tension. I know the orgasm helped. And now now your body's at ease because that's what we're claiming we're doing. We're just easing ourselves of natural desires. But did that bring you closer to the presence of God? Or did that bring you closer towards guilt? Did that bring you closer towards shame? Did that bring you closer towards... Let me t- let me give you guys a quick secret. If you, if you don't want anyone to find out about it, then that means it's possibly something that you're not proud of. Because no married person just walks around like, hey, you know, about to go have some sex with my spouse. You know, people, we don't do that. But if someone knew you had sex with your spouse, no one would care because you're married. And that's something that married people do. But masturbation is something that has to be done in the dark, something that the devil wants you to do when your thoughts are feeling loneliness, when you're feeling horny, after you've seen inappropriate things. That's what he wants you to do. He wants to trap you into a place where, you know, it's just a form of isolation because once he gets you isolated, he can attack you. You know, so the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 and 23, all things are lawful but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. So please understand what Paul is saying. He's saying, yeah, you can do whatever you want, but is everything that you want to do good for you? Yeah, you can go jump off that bridge. I mean, no one is going to stop you, but will the end result be good for you? Yes, you're free to do certain things, but just because I'm free doesn't mean I should walk into sin, or just because I'm free doesn't mean I should just do any." Uh, quote unquote foolish thing that comes into my mind, you know, because there's a lot of things we're free to do. That doesn't mean we should do them. I'm literally free right now to go out in the street, 
grab my car and hit someone with my car. There's no, you know, I, I'd go to jail after, but I was free to do it. You know, you may, you may go to prison, you may kill someone, but technically you're free to do it. You know, so when people say, um, you know, I could masturbate, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, you may not go to hell per se, but did that help you spiritually? You know, and I'm not trying to say, oh, you know, you can masturbate and go to heaven. I'm just saying, you know, because I can't tell anyone, you know, I don't, I don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. So I just want you to question that. So you may not get God to actually stop loving you, but did this show that you love him? You know, because you're telling God, I love you. And if you love God, you should love his timing. And masturbation is telling God, I'm not waiting on your timing. You know, so I honestly believe that marriage, you know, God blessed marriage with a gift called sex. It unites us. It's a bond that feels amazing. It's great. It's, it's something that you should enjoy within marriage. But at the same time, are you allowing your hands, your fingers, or these random objects you find in your room to replace God's design? Are you are you just not going to be patient? Are you going to allow that moment of weakness to become a God in your life? I believe masturbation is becoming a, a, a devastating idol in the lives of people. You know, I, I listened to a podcast not a podcast, a YouTube video many years ago. I'm going to link it below because I want you guys to hear it. Um, but my brother was saying he believes that masturbation can break every sin in the Ten Commandments all in one act. And it's poetry. So you may feel like some parts is breaching, whatever. I loved it. Um, his name is Ezekiel Azandu. We had him on a podcast once. I want you guys to check that out. But one, one of the Ten Commandments that I want to show you guys is the very first one. Exodus 20 and verse 3, God is telling the people, thou shalt have no other gods before me. So many of us think, you know, idolatry is setting up a shrine inside of our closets when idolatry is really setting ourselves above God, setting anything above God. That's what idolatry is. So when we make our own personal desires our God, you know, we, we make our own personal desires what, what spearheads our life, that we make it our God, because we have to understand that you're not trusting God's timing. If you tell him, all right, cool, I know you want me to wait till marriage, but I want I want to get this orgasm tonight. I want to get this nut tonight. I want to get whatever it is tonight. I'm sorry, guys. I'm being real today because we got to be real. We don't combat sins that we walk, we tiptoe around. You know, so if we choose to entertain ourselves, you know, instead of seeking God for strength, that's showing God that we replaced him with our own self. And then God already told us we shouldn't have set an idol before him. We shouldn't have set any other God before him. No desire, no urge should come before the presence of God. You know, so before I close, I want to read these verses to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15 through 20. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. Know ye not that we, he which is joined to an harlot is one body, one body. For two, saith he shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore, Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So as we get ready to wrap this podcast episode up, I want you to hear what I'm saying. Many Christians say, you can't tell me what to do with my body. Um, excuse you? 
It is no longer yours. If you are purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ, you are washed in baptism. You are filled with his spirit. You don't belong to yourself. It is no longer about you. It is about the glory of God. And if we want to go by the title Christian, Christian means to live Christ-like. That means we're surrendering our will to his. And I'm not trying to bring a legalistic approach to you, but I want to bring a scriptural approach to you. Please understand what the word is saying. It's saying that if you were to go sleep with somebody, you made yourself one with them. It's telling us that we are the, bo- we are the body of Christ. God doesn't dwell inside the garbage can beside you. He dwells inside of you. God dwells inside of you, and he doesn't want us to feed ourselves filth. He's telling us that that we are not our own. Paul says, you are no longer yours. Tavares, you don't belong to you. Safa doesn't belong to her. We belong to the Lord. We belong to Jesus Christ and his will. So many of you, you may want to do whatever you want, but understand that, yeah, masturbation may be something you may feel free to do, but understand that that's not your body. That thing you're playing with down there, it does not belong to you. That is for God's glory and for your spouse when you do get married. So please never allow your hand, your fingers, whatever, to replace God's special design for marriage because many people are struggling in their marriage because their spouse can't please them because they've done years of nonsense to themselves and now they're not easily stimulated. Now they need all kinds of tricks and toys and all kinds of craziness to feel some type of satisfaction. But when you do things God's way, you will always have God's blessings. You always have God's approval and God will be a part of your marriage. And that's what I want. I want God to be in my marriage. I want God to be sovereign, not just in my church building. I want him to be sovereign in my bedroom. And masturbation is something that I don't want to creep into my home or into any of yours, because all it's going to do is cloud your judgment. It's going to allow you to go get those orgasms all so you can get away from the presence of God. Maybe some of you are going to listen to this podcast and say, oh, I still feel the presence of God after I do it. I'm not one of those people. So for the rest of us (laughs) that just want to be honest with ourselves, please understand this is those are the scriptures on why I don't believe that it's pleasing God. I believe that it places our natural desires. It's fair. They're natural, but it places them above what God's will is. And I don't believe that we should surrender or walk with God all in the name of moments of fun. So if you listen to the end of, till the end of this podcast, I want to thank you all. But before you leave, if you're on Apple, please consider subscribing, giving a, a five-star review. And like I mentioned to you guys, I just started getting back active on our YouTube channel and we're going to be posting more, whether it being day in the life, whether it being some of these podcast episodes, whether it being spiritual advice in general, we're going to be posting hopefully weekly. So far, we've been doing great getting content out to you all. And I'm praying that you all enjoy this podcast and not simply enjoy the podcast because I know many of you may have been convicted or felt uncomfortable. I pray that you will search the scriptures and pray about this for yourself because it doesn't matter if to thinks something is sin if you don't search the scripture and see what God says about it. So as always, we appreciate you all. We are so thankful for every, each and every last one of you sharing, subscribing, and for following. You know, Be sure to follow us on Godly Dating 101 if you don't already. And we love y'all. We pray that you have a blessed day. See you next Thursday. Peace.